The Talhurst End Podcast. By Reading fans, for Reading fans. Hello everybody, Wimp here. Welcome back to the latest edition of the Talhurst End Podcast Extra. We have got lots to talk about. It is deadline day eve. Will Reading be signing anybody? But more importantly, will they be letting anybody else go? We're also going to talk on the latest on the takeover and much, much more. A quick word. And thank you for our sponsors, of course, ZCZ Films and FootCoaching.com. I'll talk a little bit more about them at the end. But I'm delighted to be joined once again by, once again, once again, by Andy Preston and James Earnshaw. Gents, thank you very much for joining me once again. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. It is delightful to have you both. I mean, the last time we recorded this podcast extra, it was in the aftermath of the Port Vale abandonment and everything going on around then. Two weeks later, it's a little bit calmer, but there is still a lot of tension and anxiety bubbling around the club, not least for the fact that since we've spoken, I mean, on the show we did last time, it looked like Nelson Abbey was probably going to be off. It turns out he has gone. That deal has been done. And now Tom McIntyre as well. First of all, James, I mean, what kind of fees are we talking about for those two players that Reading have managed to receive? Yeah, we the Abbey one's not been officially confirmed um, by by anyone, but I, I'm led to believe in the you know it's in the hundreds of thousands of pounds, so it's not quite um, sort of the level that, that Tom McIntyre went for. Obviously, um, approximately about seventy five grand, um, and maybe a, a bag of tennis balls in there as well if some Portsmouth fans have their way. Um, but yeah, it seems like a low deal, but. You know, we're not in a position to be picky. It's 75 grand more than what we would have got in the summer. Um, and it's 25 grand more than we got for Tom Ince last summer. So, um, you know, it's it's in the region. It's Every little helps, I guess, in the situation we're in. And that's, you know, someone's salary that we can keep keep going for another couple of months. Andy, we talked a little bit before we, we came on air about the, the irony of this whole situation that throughout Dayong's ownership of the club, he's allowed players with expiring contracts just to run them down. He's frequently turned down bids for players and they've just walked away for absolutely nothing. Ironically, now where we possibly need the players to stay a little bit longer, they have actually cashed in. I mean, McIntyre's contract ended in the summer. Uh, Abbey's did end, although there is some conjecture that there was an option that the club had or not. But... In a, lit- in a way, is this a smart move for Reading to be making or do you think they've made a mistake letting these two players go? Uh, I guess you can look at it from both sides because like we've mentioned, he, well, McIntyre's situation, he would have gone on a free. Um, and w- with his sale, you know, it's always sad to see an academy player go, especially for such a nominal fee. But in terms of detriment to the team, he, you know, he's not played many minutes this season. I think he could have been useful for the second half of the season. It's quite versatile. You know, you can play him at fullback as well as centre back. But um, you know, you have seen a few defenders leave, but there still is quite a lot of cover if the if the squad is as it is. Um, hopefully this time to well this time on Friday. Um, so yeah, get, getting some money in. I, yeah, I guess it's better than nothing. But um, hopefully there aren't any more first team departures. James, the one worrying thing that I again picked up from this situation—it's similar to the, you know, the Abbey and Tom Holmes situation that you reported—that once again, Ruben Sellers and uh, Mark Bowen not consulted about this deal—is—is is that your understanding? Is it once again just a case of the bids come in? It's been done all above them. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's what I've what I've been told. Um, we we were told publicly um, in, a, in a sort of a media briefing that they'd all had a discussion and they'd all cleared the air and they were all sort of back to back to work in the way things should be. Uh, but evidently those talks haven't 
<laughs> maybe uh, transpired in in real life um, because yeah we are led to believe it was all sort of done above above the playing side of um, of the squad and yeah you know it's just frustrating because if the staff aren't put in together then how can the club in general pull together with the fans and, and everything sort of around the outside and at a time like this we all need to be heading in the right direction and evidently it doesn't seem like we are yeah i mean look it's i suppose one one good thing i mean andy it's it's believed that the the club have paid everybody on time at least this month yeah again a conversation that shouldn't even have to be brought up um with the club of the state it's in at the moment um it has to be so yeah that's a relief um you know i think we we were questioning what would this transfer money go on? Would it go to the right places? The bills being paid, and you know, with the, with the staff being paid this month, hopefully that is the case. Yeah, I mean, James, we, we talk about departures. Of course, we've seen three players leave, uh, or four, in case, if you include Nesta Guinness Walker moving out on loan as well. Of course, one's come back. Tom Holmes being loaned straight back to the football club. The one big question all Reading fans will be asking uh, and hoping for good news in, is there any chance the Ruben Sellers gets a reinforcement? Um, uh, I don't. I believe not. No, I don't think there's... I'm not going to be putting any, uh, any money on it. Um, you know, I think that the money raised is being rein, you know, reinvested and in, in put to places that we need to put it in, in terms of back into the club. Um, to pay pay debts and pay people and pay staff and, and whatever else. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been in deep talks with the EFL. I don't think anything has really come of it in terms of them giving the green light. Um, so yeah, you know, I think our sort of our one addition might be the return of uh, Ben Elliott from, from AFCON uh, and hope that he can sort of reinvigorate the team as sort of a new new signing. But other than that, no, I think it'll be the summer now before we see anybody come in. Andy, if we're not going to get anybody new through the door, the, the other obvious question is, are we going to lose anybody else? Is there any talk of any other late bids coming in for our players? I think at this point, sadly, anyone could go at any time, it seems. You know, if um, Dion Pang has taken it upon himself to do negotiations and not involve either Ruben Sellers or Mark Bowen, it's a dire situation for the club to be in and... Yeah, you know, if you look at it from the perspective of other teams, there's a market opportunity there, um, as sad as that is. But but that's the way it is. There's good assets at Reading that can be got at very small prices. So, yeah, I have to say I wouldn't be surprised if there's another outgoing. I think we're all just crossing everything that Reading are going to manage to hold on to, you know, their key players now because any more departures and they're really going to be in trouble. James, have you heard anything specific in terms of any players attracting interest going into these final 24 hours of the window? No, nothing. There's obviously been the two rumours, isn't there? Um, Femi Aziz to Plymouth uh, has been sort of banded around. And I know a lot of people have been talking about Sam Smith to Bristol Rovers. Um, I'm led to believe there's not a great deal in that. Um, you know, but things move fast. All it takes is one sort of domino to fall in the league and suddenly another team needs someone, another team needs someone and... You know, at the minute, Reading seems to be at the bottom of the pile in terms of um, value for money and, and what teams can get for for the best deals. Um, I'm led to believe the club, you know, don't want to let anyone go, and you know they're going to try and fight to keep them. But we've heard that so many times before that um, you know you can't really believe that with any sort of strength. So as uh, Andy said, you know we're going to be sat there counting down the hours and just hoping that this time, you know, sort of a couple of hours tomorrow, come sort of half eleven, we can sort of sit there and think, you know what could have been a lot worse you know because I think 
losing one of or you know even more of god forbid the likes of wing nibs smith um you know and you can kind of kiss kiss league one goodbye um sort of this early on already um but i'm led to believe all the players seem pretty content you know that none of them are that interested or interested at all in leaving at the stage of the season um but you know if offers are accepted for them and they're pushed out the door or you know they're encouraged out of the door um then you know you couldn't couldn't hold it against any of them with the, you know, the situation that they're working in yeah it's ironic that we get to the end of this january transfer window and the four players that um or the yeah, four of the five players that have left under Ruben Sellers's watch uh, were all those that fell out after that Port Vale away game. You had Tom Holmes who fell out with him, Andy Carroll, Tom McIntyre and Nesta Guinness-Walker were all kind of banished. And by the end of January, they've, they've all moved on a little bit. Tom Holmes is back. Um, so, you know, maybe it shouldn't be as much of a surprise um, as we have as we as we reach the end of this January transfer window. Let's talk about the other side. The, you know, we've kind of tentatively mentioned what's going on behind the scenes and it's not harmonious by the sounds of it, James. Where are we in the latest in terms of a takeover? Nigel Howe, of course, now the public face of this takeover process. He's been speaking. I had an interview with Tim Della. Where? What is the latest on the takeover front? Uh, it's very much as things were at the minute. I mean, Howe warned us, didn't he, in sort of in the in the interview with Tim that things weren't going to move particularly quickly. Uh, there's NDAs in place, um, you know, and there's plenty of interest around. It's just whether those interested parties are, are that interested when the, when the money kind of, you know, comes to talking about money. Um, I think at the, I think if we have a new owner by the end of the season, I think we would have done quite well, you know, with the sort of kind of speed that things take. I mean, remember even Anton took, what, a good four or five months to, to get cleared where we were sort of fighting for the Premier League. So these things can rumble on in the background for a long time. EFL rules have changed, so, you know, we won't know until until it's much much further down the line um sort of if if there are people around and who they are um but you know there is interest reading are an attractive club to buy but at the right price which has always been the stumbling block um you know i wish we had more to be able to update people on um, a bit more tangible but at the minute it's very much as things were you know it's just due diligence and doing checks and kind of just hoping that one day you get a phone call to say you know things are things are moving yeah, I mean, Andy, pressure's little to actually report in terms of substance. But again, just just the vibe you're getting uh, for everything that's going on around the club. You know, it is a couple of weeks since that Port Vale game. Are you a little bit more optimistic on the future of the football club? Or, you know, have things gone down in the last couple of weeks? Where do you sit here now as on the on January 31st? Um, yeah, that's a tricky question. I'm, I'm more optimistic um, in terms of the power that the fans have and what they've shown they can do to try and make things happen. Um, you know, hopefully that's got through to DFL and, you know, the powers they, they have to try and force Dayong out. Um, in terms of sale going for us, yeah, I think like James said, it's still going to be a while, quite a few months down the line, at least. Um, and as difficult as it is, everyone has to be patient uh, because we can't do anything else, really. Um, I think just from a buyer's perspective, you've got to look at it whether Reading are going to be in League 1 or League 2 probably changes the conditions of the deal quite a bit. Um, so, you know, whether they can keep the squad intact tomorrow, you know, could play a big part in the value of the club for the future. Yeah, look, we're all really very much hoping 
for good news on that front. And of course, you know, I'd love to have the two of you on when we're, we're talking about the, the, you know, the pros and cons of, of, of whoever this new owner or new ownership group is. But let's just shift our attention to finish this show on to matters on the pitch. Uh, just before we talk about the Oxford game that's coming up on Saturday, uh, your thoughts on kind of the, the last week or so again since we spoke. You've had that defeat at Wigan, the win over Derby and that draw uh, at home as well. I mean, Andy, again, a bit more optimistic based on what we've seen or are you any more concerned about the drop? No, definitely, definitely more optimistic in terms of on the pitch. I thought the Derby game was the standout of those, uh, obviously being the win, but the manner in which the team got it and against a side that could have gone top had they won that game. So, you know, I think going into that game, you would have said a draw would have been a fantastic result uh, to get three points against them was immensely impressive to limit them to zero shots on target. It was an amazing effort. Um, you know, I think some people look at that and say Derby had an off day, but I think you've got to give credit to Reading as well, um, playing against the top side there. Then the Leighton Orient game, yeah, that was as much of a cliche as it is, very much a game of two halves. I think the first half was quite promising. Um, saw some really good signs. Second half just ran out of steam a bit. Um, but again, playing a team who were in really good form going into that. So a four-point return from that was pretty impressive. So definitely, you know, cause to be optimistic with that. Yeah, James, were you two points dropped or point earned after that Orient game? Uh, I think looking at where we are now, it's got to be a point earned. You know, it's not like we were ahead and that we we threw it away. You know, we, we did fall behind, albeit against the runner play. Um, you know, against a team that are probably top of the form table over the last 10 games, it's always an extra point to back up the win we had on Tuesday against Derby. We've got some very winnable games coming up, um, especially at home. But, you know, that's where you're going to win. Or, you know, it's where you're going to stay up or not. Uh, you know, in the past, Reading would kind of lose or, or not win those kind of big crunch games. So they need to start winning. They've got Charlton at home and it needs to be a win. Um, you know, you've then got the double header. what with, um, you know, you've got Carlisle and Fleetwood away still left to play. They're huge games. Um, you know, the likes of Lincoln at home, Wickham at home. You know, look to to pick up results there. Um, they've got still got to start picking up more points away from home. I know they're you know I think it's what one defeat and five on on the road. Um, you know, the odd win in that rather than draws would be handy. Uh, you can't draw yourself out of the relegation zone really. Um, but no, much more promising in terms of performances, and no doubt there will be some players that will have had their minds slightly off of it this week um, or this month with the window. Get that out of the way. The players know where they stand going into to May. Just knuckle down and stay up, and then then you can all, everybody can sit here and reassess at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, a few games will capture the imagination more than a trip to Oxford, our first in the league for best part of twenty years. Andy, any injury worries for Ruben Sellers heading into? And of course, we saw Tom Holmes go off late on in that game with Leighton Orient. Do we expect him to be fit and available? Yeah, I think that's the only question mark that I know of at the moment. Um, but I think they were pretty positive on it post-game. We spoke to James Oliver-Pierce because Ruben had lost his voice during the game. Um, but he updated on that and said that, you know, he just took a big knock in that tackle on the halfway line and felt some stiffness in his back and couldn't continue at the highest level. Um, so I think it's more precaution than anything. So, yeah, I think we can expect him to be back for Saturday. James, would you be making any changes to the side that we've seen over the last week or so, a couple of weeks? Nah, nah, they've had the week off now. Um, you know, they've had a couple of good performances. Even Wigan wasn't a terrible game. On another day, you probably draw that one. Um, so no, you know, just keep keep the same. 
Um, you know, hopefully they've got that extra bit of bite with it being a derby game. Uh, it's a shame that we've obviously lost the homegrown boys that would have meant, you know, known what it meant. Um, the likes of Holmes and well, we've got Holmes with Abby and, and McIntyre, but you shouldn't need to to work out you know what what it means, seeing how quick the game sold out and how many fans are going, and whether it be officially or, or not officially in the away end. Um, you know, it's a big draw for fans, and the players shouldn't need um, sort of extra geeing up. Um, so yeah, you know, all eyes on the game now. It's nice to have a proper game to look forward to with a bit of more added spice to it. Yeah, I think just on that quickly, I think. Probably the biggest selection headache for Ruben is probably who starts in central midfield, whether it be Savage or Craig. Um, I think Craig gives you a bit more protection. Um, and you know, Savage has done okay. He's come in the last couple of games. I don't think he's been outstanding, but um, he's done a job. So, yeah, I think there's a debate to be had there. Yeah, James, what did you make of, the, again, the story that, that Charlie's waived the right to uh, have that pay raise until the summer? kind of show you how you know keen he is to actually play games. I mean, it's got to be seen as a positive. Yeah, no, he's always always been, um, had a reputation of being being a good boy. You know, he heard nothing nothing bad about him. Um, you know, he's got his head down. He's obviously not played and not started as much as he would have wanted to. Um, but, you know, he's put in a couple of decent performances since coming back. And, um, you know, he had a little bit, something a bit different to, to Craig in that role. Um, yeah, you know, as far as I'm aware, you know, nothing's come of it. And he's still sort of... Um, had his 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 increase as far as I'm aware, um, but no, you know, if 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 he did go and say that, then it's um, you know, it's only only shines positive things on on him as a as a kid. Key question then heading into the weekend, Andy, are Reading going to escape from the Kasaman Skay? Are we going to, or is it going to be a, a another bad day at the office? No, I, if you're pushing me for a prediction, I'll, I'll go for a draw. Um, I think it's interesting to look at the form on the two sides since the last met. Uh, I think Oxford have had four defeats in that time. Reading have only had one. Um, so, you know, Reading's form isn't really one of a relegation side in the last two months, as funny as that is to say, because they're still in the relegation places. But, um, yeah, I think signs have been positive the last couple of months from what we've seen. And, you know, like James mentioned earlier, if we don't lose one of or one on one of Wing, Aziz, um, Nibs, or Smith. I think that that's a fairly strong team going into the game. Um, yeah, so I think they can fancy it. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tough going there, and a, a derby day is something new for most of the players in there and having to handle that atmosphere. But um, yeah, I, I think that they've got what it, what it takes to go and get a result there. James, what's your prediction? I reckon we're going to win. Um, our only other away win of the last year has been literally about 20 miles down the road at Wickham. So they obviously don't like playing too far away from home, but I reckon Oxford's near enough in the radius of the Medeski that they might class it as a home game. Um, so yeah, I reckon we're going to nick it nick it 2-1, just to just to tip off a, a good week, having not lost any of Nib, Smith, Wing and Aziz. And maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm dreaming, but you know we can, uh, we can let you know tomorrow evening by half 11. Yeah, I'm going to sit on the in the pessimistic side of things and go for a, go for a one-one draw. If I was still in the older Tarlaston Prediction League, um, yeah, but I'll, I'll be absolutely delighted. I'll, I'll take a point again, just keeping the momentum going. That a little bit further uh, would be all well and good. Um, but gents, anything else to bring up before we, we've we ride off into the sunset? James, I'll start with you. No, no, you know, just keeps backing us, keeps supporting us. Um, you know, we're, we're trying our best. You know, in, in the local media to keep everybody in the loop. Um, 
you know, it's a really exciting couple of months coming up with games sort of left, right and centre. Um, you know, hopefully we can we can stick it out and in a few months' time we're back on this pod saying a few things more positive than uh, just not losing players, which is currently what we're, <laughs> we're trying to ask. Excellent. And Andy, any closing thoughts from you? Uh, I was just going to give a quick mention on the women's side, uh, just to impact that this is all having on them too, because, you know, the effects are being felt there. Uh, the club captain today, Lily Woodham, has, has left the club. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, Santa Charles Guard also left. So, that, you know, that's probably their two best players, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I think they just shows as a collective, the impact that this ownership's having on the club and the way they've fallen in the last couple of years has you know, really been shameful on the ownership because Reading have one of the leading women's teams in the country a few years back and now you know they're fighting for their lives in the championship and you know, it's going to be a tough task for them to stay up. Yeah, to go from a, an FA Cup semi-final and, and fighting out, out you know, just outside those, those established four or five big clubs to, yeah, playing a trade in in the second tier being semi-pro and now possibly dipping even lower it is shameful and again everything crossed that we can get a new ownership in that galvanizes everything together because we've shown the potential of this football club and we just hope it uh, it ends up in the right hand so gents thank you both very much for your time uh, james where can people check out your work uh, yeah, so just the Reading Chronicle, um, obviously out every Thursday. Um, all good, all good local retailers. Um, and then I'm uh, um, at James underscore e eighteen seventy one on Twitter. Not at James Earnshaw nine, uh, which some poor fellow has been bombarded with tweets from Portsmouth fans um, over the last few days. Um, but no, that's my uh, handle with the, obviously the eighteen seventy one in the back. And um, yeah, cheers! Thank you very much for having me on. Always a pleasure. And Andy, where can people follow you? Yeah, so uh, you can find my work at Reading Today, which is also out every Thursday, the print edition. Um, also the website, Reading Today. Um, and at Andy Preston 96 on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Amazing stuff. Of course, you can follow the Tilehurst End at thetilehurstend.com and at the Tilehurst End on X. You can follow me at Wimby, should you desire to. And again, if you want to hear any of my FIFA musings or EAFC musings again, Check out the Foot and Review podcast, uh, the lovely scandal with everybody getting Team of the Year messy, being a nice talking point for everybody in that community over the past week, delving into that and much, much more. And again, thank you to our sponsors, ZCZ Films and footcoaching.com. Massive support from both of them, and we greatly appreciate it. And of course, the main edition of the show, Ben and Ross, that is going to be out as normal this week and next week. Cracking work being done always on that side of things. And of course, all the writers over at the Tullest End. The podcast extra will return in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, we'll have much more positive news to bring you. And hopefully, we won't be lamenting the loss of anybody on deadline day tomorrow. Until then, everybody, take care and come on, you ours. Get social with the boys. Find them on Twitter at the Tullest End and Facebook.com forward slash the Tullest End.